Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Esther and Turnaround Joy and is based on my book, Esther for Such a Time as This, Prayer, Reversals, and Joy. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Why not invite a friend or small group to join you in listening? Then meet over coffee every week to go through a chapter and grow in joy together. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello. Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to Esther and Turnaround Joy, episode number nine, Creative Solutions and More Turnarounds. Do you need some creative solutions for your life? Today in Esther, we encounter more reversals and some creative remedies, all part of God's answer to prayer. It may look like there is no, but God working behind the scenes can give a perfect solution in any situation. The turnarounds in Esther are inspiring and became so evident through a second edict that many Persians watching Esther and the nation's deliverance sought conversion. In our last podcast, we joined Esther at the second feast she prepared for Haman and the king. She carefully made her request to King Ahasuerus using the exact words from the edict so the king would know he was hearing the truth. The king left the room after becoming so angry when he heard the details involving Haman. When Haman bent over Esther's couch, likely to beg for mercy, he overstepped his bounds. The Persian law forbade any man to come within seven feet of the queen. He had sealed his own fate, and the king ordered his execution. Harbona, the king's attendant, quickly suggested that Haman be hung on his own gallows, and he was. The book of Esther reminds us that the Lord loves turnarounds. So far, God's divine providence reversed three events. Number one, the gallows built in Haman's backyard to hang Mordecai were used to hang Haman. Number two, the king's signet ring was removed from Haman and given to Mordecai. And three, Haman's decree and plan to take the property of the Jews was transposed so that the king gave Haman's property to Queen Esther, who gave it to Mordecai. What the study of Greek literature calls a peripety, an event that suddenly brings reversals in circumstances, Christians call miracles. This week, we join Esther as six more reversals that only a miracle-working God could initiate and complete. Let's read Esther 8, 3-8. through 8. Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet, weeping and pleading with him to avert the evil design of Haman the Agagite and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. The king again held out the golden scepter to Esther, and Esther rose and stood before the king. She said, If it pleases the king, and if I have won his favor, and if the thing seems right before the king, and I have his approval, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman which he wrote giving orders to destroy the Jews who are in all the provinces of the king. For how can I bear to see the calamity that is coming on my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and to the Jew Mordecai, See, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows because he plotted to lay hands on the Jews. 
You may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king, and seal it with the king's ring, for an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. Mordecai met with King Ahasuerus after Esther told the king that Mordecai was a cousin who became her father. Mordecai not only acquired Haman's wealth and property, but also his position. The king gave him his signet ring, making him the second most powerful man in all of Persia. However, there was still unfinished business. If Haman's first edict, issued in the king's name, was not overturned, all Jews would still be killed because legally a king's edict was irrevocable. The first time, Esther put her life on the line and said, If I perish, I perish. For the second time, she appeared before the king, and putting her life on the line again, she fell at his feet in tears. The king extended his golden scepter to her. Using gentle leadership, she said, If it pleases the king, if I've won his favor, if the thing seems right to the king, if I have his approval, And then she asked for Haman's decree to be revoked. The king indicated that he had done everything he could to stop the killing of his queen, and now he had given Mordecai his signet ring, allowing Mordecai to write whatever he pleased. Let's keep reading Esther 8, 9 through 10, and 13 through 17. The king's secretaries were summoned, and he, Mordecai, wrote letters in the name of King Ahasuerus, sealed them with the king's ring, and sent them on mounted couriers. A copy of the writ was to be issued as a decree in every province and published to all peoples, and the Jews were ready on that day to take revenge on their enemies. So the couriers mounted on their swift royal steeds, hurried out, urged by the king's command. The decree was issued in the citadel of Susa. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king, wearing royal robes of blue and white, with a great golden crown and a mantle of fine linen and purple, while the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. For the Jews, there was light and gladness and joy and honor in every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict came, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a festival and a holiday. Furthermore, many of the peoples of the country professed to be Jews because the fear of the Jews had fallen upon them. In the Deuterocanonical edition E, Esther 16, 15 through 23, there's a letter that Mordecai wrote in the king's name. And I think it's interesting to read it, even though it says the same thing. There is lots of words used in this Esther 16 that give glory to God. So here's just a little excerpt, starting with Esther 16, 15. We find that the Jews who were consigned to annihilation by this thrice-accused man, Haman, are not evildoers, but are governed by most righteous laws, and are children of the living God, most high, most mighty, who has directed the kingdom both for us and for our ancestors in the most excellent order. You will, therefore, do well not to put an execution letter sent by Haman, hanged at the gate of Susa with all his household, for God, who rules over all things, has speedily inflicted on him the punishment that he deserved. For God, who rules over all things, has made this day to be a joy for his chosen people instead of a day of destruction for them. So it was approximately two months and ten days after Haman issued the first edict that Mordecai summoned the king's secretaries and wrote a second edict that counteracted Haman's edict. 
The second edict empowered the Jews to defend themselves, and the turnarounds continued to be astounding. You may notice more, but I particularly saw six. For example, number one, Haman's edict was written, sealed with the king's ring, and dispatched to kill the Jews. The turnaround, this is in 8, 10 through 14. Mordecai's edict was written, sealed with the king's ring, and dispatched to give the Jews authority to attack those who would attack them. Number two, Haman's edict became the law. Here's the turnaround in 8.10. Mordecai's writ became a decree that all must obey. Number three, Mordecai tears his clothes and mourns in sackcloth and ashes. And the turnaround in Esther 8.15 is Mordecai wears royal robes of blue and white. He has a crown and a mantle. Number four, Mordecai wails in disgrace at the king's gate. The turnaround, Esther 8.15. Mordecai was honored as the whole city shouted and rejoiced. Number five, the Jews mourned, dressed in sackcloth and ashes with fasting. The turnaround, Esther 8.16, they celebrate a time of gladness, joy, and honor with a royal festival and a holiday. And number six, the Jews were weak and dispersed in the culture. The turnaround, Esther 8.17, the death of Haman and Mordecai's increased in power and all the turnarounds brought about such fear of the Jews that many Persians converted or said they were Jews. Well, it's time to end our journey for today with a bit of reflection. Do you need creative solutions and more turnarounds? Don't give up. Continue to call out to the Lord. Ask the Lord to show you creative solutions for your impossible situations. Invite the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and your ears to what you don't yet see. Remember, God loves reversals, and His solutions are always the best solutions, and they bring joy. And in fact, He leads in gentleness. So which principles from Esther 8 caught your attention and will guide you in difficult times? How about one, gentle discerning leadership is the most effective practice to use. Number two, when God defeats your enemies, they are vanquished. Number three, assemble with others for increased strength to defeat your foes. Number four, God can give gladness and joy and honor to replace your sadness, darkness, and despair. And number five, when people observe reversals and empowerment on your behalf, it could lead to turnarounds and conversions. Well, did one of those especially encourage you? Keep it in mind this week. Think about it often. Let's close with two verses that summarize God's love to solve problems and display His power as we turn to Him. Second Chronicles 20.17 says this, The battle is not for you to fight. Take your position, stand still, and see the victory of the Lord on your behalf. Or how about 1 Corinthians 15.57? Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep thinking on those two scriptures this week and see if the Lord doesn't give you solutions and turnarounds in the days ahead as you bring them to Him. So what creative solution do you need today? Ask God now and listen to His leading as you pray 
and repeat those scriptures. As we come to the end of our podcast today, I want you to know I'm so blessed that you have joined our Esther and Turnaround Joy podcast today. You can find bookmarks for this series on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, or in my book, Esther for Such a Time as This, Prayer, Reversals, and Joy. Until next week, please know that I'm praying you have a joy-filled week, that God will bring creative solutions to mind for any and every desperate situation you face. As remedies come, thank Jesus and try to follow his lead. Remember Esther and Mordecai, their desperate problems led to joy, gladness, feasting, a holiday celebration, plus the conversion of others. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfinjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. <music>